O Lord, open my lips. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Praise to you, O Christ, Lamb of our salvation. Why do the nations rage? And the peoples plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together. Against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage. You shall break them with a rod of iron. And dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. And rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh. My adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. 
Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me. Teach me your way, O Lord. And lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries. For false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. A reading from St. Luke. There were also two others, criminals, led with Jesus to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. What is our sin? There is more sin that we are unaware of than we know. Even the sins that are obvious to us are only the tip of the iceberg of greater transgression. If we knew the depth of our sin, we could not stand up under its weight. Jesus knows it all. The high priest knew that it was wrong to bribe Judas. The Sanhedrin knew that Jesus was not guilty of insurrection. The soldiers knew that they were mocking Jesus. 
The criminals knew that they were being justly punished for their crimes. But none of them knew that they were rejecting God's love. This is a far greater sin. And the root of all our sins. The people who challenged Jesus to save himself did so because they did not believe in him. They did not believe in his love. They did not believe in the love of God. They did not know the depths of that love. Jesus could not do what they demanded because his love for sinners would not allow it. It would have violated his very nature. What is our sin? Our problem is not merely that we do not know the full number of our transgressions, but that all our sin is in some way, shape, manner, or form a rejection of God's love. Sinful thoughts, words, and deeds against the Ten Commandments are at their core a rejection of God's undeserved love for us and for all sinners. That kind of unbelief is the worst sin of all because it fails to grasp that God's love stands behind the goodness of all of God's law. Counting the number of transgressions is a futile exercise that simply causes self-righteousness. I don't have as many sins as you. Our real problem is the failure to see our sin as a rejection of God's love. So Jesus prays, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What is our comfort? The love of God that we violate when we sin against one another is the same love of God that moved Jesus to die for those who were rejecting him by their sins. There is the great mystery of the gospel. Jesus' prayer calls us to faith in his love more than anything else. Jesus' prayer speaks absolution to our hearts. Jesus' prayer stands for us as a beacon of hope, a hope that is centered in this love of God that we so often fail to understand and grasp and believe but which continues to shine forth unabated. He does not desire the condemnation of any sinner, but rather that we hear this word, Father, forgive them, and learn to believe it throughout our lives with all our heart.
reading from St. Luke. An inscription also was written over Jesus in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. What is our sin? To believe that the greatest good is to save ourselves to protect ourselves, a good name, a reputation, our honor. None of us wants to face the reality of who we really are. Even in his last moments, the unrepentant criminal was trying to justify himself. Self-justification, rationalization, defensiveness, This is the mark of the sinful flesh. Unless we come to know and believe the truth of our sin, we cannot know the comfort of Christ's forgiveness. There are two pillars to the Christian faith, and they are both insurmountable stumbling blocks for the sinful flesh. The first is this. All my righteousness is filth. I am a sinner. I deserve to be punished. I truly cannot save myself by my own efforts because even my best efforts are self-serving and selfishly motivated. And the second pillar is this. Christ's death for my sins is my only salvation, my redemption, my righteousness, and my sanctification. What is our comfort? To confess what we justly deserve, as the repentant thief did, and to cling to Christ alone. This is our comfort. Lord, remember me, the thief, the criminal, the rebel, the sinner who cannot save himself. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus never forgets the sinner who turns to him in faith. Today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is where Jesus is today, this day speaking his absolution to you today. 
Paradise is where Jesus is today, forgiving sin. Paradise with Christ today leads to paradise with Christ forever. My knowledge of this life is small. The eye of faith is dim. But tis enough that Christ knows all, and I shall be with him. A reading from St. John. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, Behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour that disciple took her to his own home. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. What is our sin? Life is inconvenient when demands are laid upon us that interfere with what we want to do, with our comforts, our pleasures, our self-centered desires. To care for a loved one, to deny ourselves so that we help the one who needs help, who cannot repay us. This is contrary to our sinful flesh. But this is what Jesus does by nature. There could be no greater responsibility laid upon his shoulders than to lay down his life for the sins of the world. 
Yet in the midst of the pain and suffering, he turns to his mother and thinks of her needs, of her care, of providing for her after his death. Woman, behold your son. John will take care of you. John, behold your mother. Mary will be as devoted to you as she was to me. What is our comfort? The particular care that Jesus demonstrated for his mother is precisely the love that he has for each one of us. It is a particular love. It is a specific love. It is a love in which he enters into a relationship with us, knowing us, knowing our needs better than we know them ourselves. No one knows our need like Jesus knows our need. No one knows our sin like Jesus knows our sin. No one knows our pain and suffering like Jesus knows our pain. No one comforts us like Jesus comforts us. He does not count the cost to himself. He does not begrudge the sacrifice that he made for us. There is nothing inconvenient for him in what he does for us. It is his greatest joy to save us, to forgive us, to comfort us like the most faithful son who loves his mother to the end. So Jesus loves you. reading from St. Matthew, 
Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. O Lord, have mercy upon us. What is our sin? To believe that God has forsaken us, that he has abandoned us, that he has turned his face against us, that he will never forgive us. This is sin because it denies that Jesus faced the abandonment that we deserve so that you and I may never face it. When Jesus prayed Psalm 22 from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He expressed that which is at the heart of the atonement, his suffering for us in our place vicarious satisfaction. He endured the abandonment and the forsakenness of God that we, by our sins, deserved. The iniquity of our sin was really laid upon him. He took the punishment of hell so that we might never face it. What is our comfort? There is no greater testimony that you are not forsaken than the testimony of the gift of God's only begotten Son hanging upon the cross, suffering and dying in your place, facing the abandonment for you. Even in the throes of suffering the hell and punishment that we deserved, Jesus never stopped trusting in his Father. When we are faithless, when we are tempted to believe that God has abandoned us, that God has forsaken us, it is not true because of what Jesus faced for us. Jesus was faithful. Faithful facing the onslaught of the law's judgment, faithful, with fervent faith in his Father, he never failed to believe, to trust, and to entrust himself to his Father, even under the blackness of death. He trusted in his Father. As Psalm 22 goes on to say, from his mother's womb, 
and since the time he was laid upon his mother's breasts. And for us, and for our salvation, he never stopped believing that you and I might know that we are never forsaken in him who never forsook his father, but held steadfast unto death. A reading from St. John. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. What is our sin? We try to satisfy our thirst everywhere else but in Him who is the rock of our salvation. We try to satisfy ourselves with the sour wine that Jesus refused to sup from. St. Augustine said, the heart is restless until it finds its rest in God. Our sinful nature will always and inevitably look for peace, contentment, joy, happiness, in temporal possessions, physical health, emotional security. So many of these things are good gifts. But only Christ can satisfy the deepest spiritual thirst for life with God. We cannot awaken this thirst in ourselves. 
Only God can do that. So that we thirst for Christ alone, the water of life that flows from him who is the rock of our salvation. What is our comfort? Jesus accomplished everything that the Father had given him to do. He laid down his life in fulfillment of the scriptures. He thirsted for the Father, for eternal life with God, and so he was faithful unto death. By his sacrifice upon the cross, he satisfies the deepest thirst of your life, For in his death and resurrection, he has restored life with you, and in his holy word and sacraments, he quenches your thirst with his eternal life and eternal love. A reading from St. Luke. The sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. What is our sin? To believe that there is something that we must do that we can do, that is still left undone by us for our salvation. To believe that what Jesus did in his suffering and death upon the cross 
receiving the full brunt of the punishment that we deserve for our sin is not enough. To believe that we must grovel before God, that we must offer some kind of gift, some kind of possession, some kind of work, some type of spiritual strength of our own to make ourselves right with God. What is our sin? To believe that Jesus is not our righteousness, that his suffering and death is not enough. What is our sin? To believe that it is not finished, that something is left undone for our salvation and that we must do it. What is our comfort? Our comfort. Our comfort are in those three words, it is finished. Every demand of the law is satisfied by Jesus. It is finished. He and he alone is our righteousness. He and he alone is our redemption. He and he alone is our sanctification. He and he alone is our life. He and he alone is our salvation. He and he alone is resurrection from the dead. It is finished, and this salvation is entirely a gift of God's grace. This is our comfort. It is our strength. And it is our peace. reading from St. Luke.
When Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. And the whole crowd came together to that site, seeing what had been done, beat their breasts and returned. But all his acquaintances and the women who followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. What is our sin? It is to fail to believe and understand that the grace of God is the source of both our life and our salvation entirely. What human being called the universe into existence? No man. God created all things, ex nihilo, out of nothing. Which means all things are dependent upon him for life. What man breathed life into the dust of the ground and made of Adam a living soul? No one. The Spirit of God breathed life into Adam. And that life is a gift of God's grace that creates the soul of every human being. And that gift of God's grace by the Holy Spirit is breathed into the nostrils of every human being through the eternal Son, for in him is life. And that life is the light of all mankind. And apart from him, no one has come into being or existence. Since this is true of the very existence of human life, that it is entirely a gift of God's grace, how much more? Is it true of the gift of salvation, of new life, of the new creation? In other words, if God created you and gave you the gift of life by grace alone, how much more in his Son is forgiveness and salvation a gift of his grace dependent entirely upon what Jesus has done for us. This is our comfort. From beginning to end, this is our comfort. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. 
when Jesus prays, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He expresses in the words of the Psalms that he received from the Father a gift of the Father's grace to lay down his lifeblood into death that we might receive the new life of God's grace in his redeeming work. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. All things come from God. All life, all salvation. If Jesus prayed this prayer, how much more does it express the conviction of every Christian touched by the grace of God that all things come from him who laid down his life for us? We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is put away. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people.
Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, graciously behold this your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinful men, to suffer death upon the cross. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, before whom all in heaven and earth shall bow, grant courage that your children may confess your saving name in the face of any opposition from a world hostile to the gospel. Help them to remember your faithful people who sacrificed much and even faced death rather than dishonor you when called upon to deny the faith. By your spirit, strengthen them to be faithful and to confess you boldly, knowing that you will confess your own before the Father in heaven, with whom you and the Holy Spirit live and reign, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and most gracious God and Father, we implore you to turn the hearts of all who have forsaken the faith once delivered to your church, especially those who have wandered from the faith of their baptism or are in doubt through the corruption of your truth. Mercifully visit them and restore them to repentance that in gladness of heart they may take pleasure in your word and be made wise to salvation through faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, everlasting God, through your only Son, our blessed Lord, you commanded us to love our enemies, to do good to those who hate us, and to pray for those who persecute us. Therefore, we earnestly implore you, that by your gracious working, our enemies may be led to true repentance, may have the same love toward us as we have toward them in Christ, and may be of one accord and of one mind and heart with us and with your whole church, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. 
almighty and everlasting God. You willed that your Son should bear for us the pains of the cross, and so remove from us the power of the adversary. Help us so to remember and give thanks for our Lord's passion, that we may receive forgiveness of sin and redemption from everlasting death. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord.